Okay, everybody ready? Oh, yeah. Uh, maybe one question we can ask them uh, is, is okay if we bring up things like uh, Billy Comet, if you've worked on them. On, on what show? JoJo, uh, uh, Diamonds Unbreakable. What about it? Oh, I want to do it. I'm uncomfortable talking about working with him. Oh, he, he passed We're, away. Oh, working with who was Billy it? Comet. Oh, oh, you know. I, I don't really I didn't know Billy unfortunately oh, yeah. I didn't I didn't I, I knew of him of course and it was horrible he he was so young he you know he he passed away so young uh, but you know sadly I I didn't know him uh, that well I may have bumped into him a couple of times at the okay. studio to be honest with you but I I honestly didn't know him and uh, so I can't really you know comment on it other than it's just really a sad situation you know. Okay. Would it be uh, comfortable if I brought it up? The question. Was it troublesome? Would it, be, would, it, would it be uncomfortable for you if I were to bring it no, up? No, no, you can bring up whatever you want. Okay. I, and guys, I'm I'm really sorry, but it's really hard to understand you with the masks on. So oh. you can you can keep them on if you want, but if you do, just make sure you kind of project your question so I can understand you and hear you because it's kind of hard. It sounds like everybody's saying. It's kind of like the listening to the, the you know the voice on the subway. You know it's. A, can't understand a bloody thing they're saying. Well, hopefully next year it's optional. <laughs> yes. So just please just speak up a little bit so I can hear your questions and yeah. yeah. Yes. What is your process for getting into your character roles? I thought you were going to say, what is your problem? <laughs> Not at all. What is your problem? Um, <laughs> uh, my process. Well, you know, honestly, uh, I've been doing this a long time. I've done over, over 1,200 characters. So, um, and I'm going to list every one of them for you right now. Um, my process basically is if I can see a picture of the character, it helps me immensely because then I can uh, imagine what this character sounds like in my head. Um, sometimes you don't get a picture. Sometimes you just get a, a, a description and a script. Uh, and then you try to imagine what that's going to be like. And then sometimes you don't get either one of those. So you have to kind of rely on the director to kind of tell you what the character's about and give you the context of what's going on in the scene. So that's basically it. Um, I'm from the school where you kind of jump in and do it. Uh, I don't know if you guys realize this or not, but particularly in, in anime and in games, you do not see the script before you go in the booth. So we basically have to go in there and cold read a performance which is a special skill of its own. There's a lot of, uh, and I've had to direct, I direct a lot of stuff and I've had to direct like celebrities that are on TV and film that have a really hard time with that because they have time to prepare and they see the scripts ahead of time and they show up on the script, on the set. And we don't have that luxury. You really have to just jump in and knock it out of the park. So that's a whole other skill set, let's say. So, uh, yeah. Um, you know, and I've been I've been doing this a long time, so I uh, uh, it just it comes fairly easy to me, to be honest with you. I've just been doing it a long time, and I just look, I can look at a picture and say, oh, this guy sounds like that, you know, and uh, you know, hopefully I'm right. <laughs> yes. Um, so we first saw you in 2010 at SakuraCon with Ellen. You did a Honda and Bato shout out. We missed you. What do you consider your breakout role? Back in 2010, I always thought it was Bato. Ghost in a Shell was huge on Adult Swim. Yeah, Bato is one of my favorite characters and will remain to be 
one of my favorite characters, and we're still doing Ghost in the Shell. There's a Ghost in the Shell uh, 2045 that's on, uh, I believe it's Netflix right now that they're, they're showing. It's kind of a CGI version of Ghost in the Shell. It's pretty cool. And uh, I hope we do more. I, there's rumors we're going to be doing more, more of that. So I hope, I hope so. I love doing him. I mean, anytime I can go back and do a character that I love like that, it's like, uh, it's like putting on a comfortable suit that's broken in. You know, it just, it's like an old friend. So I, I really enjoy that. I was here in 2013 or, or 2010. 2010. Yeah. That was the last time I was here, huh? Yeah, I saw you the guest reception. <laughs> huh. I must have said something that pissed somebody off. It took them so long for them to, re <laughs> to reinvite me back. I thought it was actually 20 years, but it was it was 20 2010. 13 years. So 13 years ago. Okay, well that's not that bad, I guess. <laughs> uh, I hope they don't wait another 13 years to invite me back. But. Uh, um, yeah, no, it's great. I love Sakura Khan and I love uh, Seattle. We love coming here, so it's always a lot of fun. Um, I've done a lot of characters since that, since that time. Uh, you know, I love doing Raiden in Mortal Kombat and the Joker. Those are two of my all-time favorite characters that I love doing, and uh, those are great characters. Um, of course, Joseph Joestar and uh, Akuma and Street Fighter and uh, Ansem and Kingdom Hearts. Uh, I don't think I was doing any of that stuff back in, in 2010, um, but uh, there's, there's a bunch of them, a bunch of new ones that I've been doing that are, that are really fun characters. So I'm, I'm very, very lucky and very fortunate. I get to do things that I enjoy and I get to work on characters I enjoy and, uh, you know, it just keeps getting better and better. And I, you know, I, I keep thinking I'm getting older, things are going to start slowing down. Well, it just, it just keeps getting busier and busier. So it's not slowing down at all, you know, which I guess is a, a good problem to have. So, uh, yeah, it's been, it's been great. I've just been busier than I've ever been in my whole life. So it's, it's a, it's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I might be a little ignorant here, but how did you begin voice acting? Uh, I originally came to Los Angeles as a actor. I still am an actor. Uh, I did uh, a lot of soaps and some television shows and a couple of films. And uh, my wife, Ellen Stern, kind of got me into this nutty business. And uh, she was doing a film for this company and they had, a, had another film that they had just shot and they, didn't, they weren't happy with a lot of the voices in the movie. So they wanted to replace the voices in the movie. And she said, well, can I bring my boyfriend, who was me at the time? <laughs> and they said, okay. And so I went there and the guy said, have you ever done this before? I said, oh yeah, I've done it a million times. I never did it before in my life. <laughs> and uh, so I went in there and I did it. And I, you know, when you, when it comes to dubbing, you're, you're replacing dialogue in, in a movie or TV show or, or a cartoon. And you have to hit the, the lip flaps and there's a certain rhythm to it. So I'm also a drummer. <laughs> so that came in really good handy and, uh, uh, you know, I, I find that people that are, have some uh, musical ability are really a little better at this stuff than people that don't. Um, but yeah, I, I, I auditioned for that. I got the lead in that. And these, this company, whatever the company was, they really liked me and they had me come in and do a bunch of stuff. And I did a bunch of stuff for them. And uh, that led to Robotech, which was uh, uh, one of the first animes that I did. Uh, and it was on network television. 
So we're recording this. I'm going, who the hell's going to watch this stuff? You know, <laughs> and it just blew up, and it became a big, uh, you know, big hit. And uh, so from that, I never stopped working. I just kept going and going. And then I started directing. I started writing the stuff, and then I started getting into games and doing all that stuff. And then original animation and all. You know, so it just, uh, it's just been, it's been great. It's been. Uh, you know, it wasn't the trajectory I thought I was going to take as an actor, to be honest with you, but uh, it's been wonderful, and I, I've loved every second of it, so it turned out to be okay. Awesome. Yeah. Yes? Do you have any horror stories from gigs that you've taken? Any horror stories from? From, like, any sort of, like, roles that you've taken that you really didn't agree with or enjoy? Um... Well, yeah, there has been a few of those. Uh, nothing really comes to mind. There was there was one sh uh, one uh, movie. I have a company. Uh, my wife and I have a company called Epcar Entertainment that we do a lot of this kind of work. Uh, we do a lot of uh, live action movies. We've done a lot of Academy Award winning uh, films, foreign films into English. We've done a lot of uh, anime. We've done a lot of Lupin uh, stuff. We've done a ton of uh, this sort of work, but we were offered this movie one time and the movie was basically uh, violence to women. And we just said, we don't want to have anything to do with that. And we don't want to do that. So that was kind of a horror story. Um, it was, it, the movie was, I couldn't even watch. I watched like the first five minutes of it and I said, we're not doing this movie. Um, but anyway, um, the, the, you know, the, I, it's always fun for me to do the characters and I can always jump in and do the characters. The only hard part of this business to me really is the screaming. There's a lot of screaming in this stuff. And uh, thankfully I just went a couple of days ago to the ENT doctor and had my voice checked out. He said, it looks fantastic. So I was, I said, after 45 years of yelling my balls off, I'm glad to hear <laughs> that my voice is, uh, looks fantastic. So that was good. I thought, you know, for sure to have some no nodes or something in there, but it would look, all look great. So I was happy about that. But that's the that's the tough part doing this work is like you know these Call of Duty games where you're just basically screaming for four hours straight and it's just it's really hard you know that's the that, those are the hard roles you know yeah. Um, you played like a blend of both protagonist and antagonist in your career. Do you have a preference on what kind of characters you play? Uh, the well-written characters. I, I love doing them both. I love doing you know it's like I, I, Raiden and and the Joker are. are uh, are good examples because Raiden is such a noble uh, character and I love him so much because he has so much honor. And uh, the Joker is such a despicable pile of poo that it's it's just, it's, you know, it's fun to play both of those characters. So, you know, uh, there's that old adage about man having, having God and having the devil, you know, and it's kind of like, you kind of have to get in touch with those those aspects of your character, you know, uh, you just have to kind of find out, think about where this guy's coming from and what is his take on things. And uh, so those characters are, are two very uh, interesting characters to portray because they're so diametrically opposed to each other, you know, so, um, yeah, you know, I, I love them both. You know, I love villains and heroes and it's nice to play a hero. I, I do. I do enjoy playing a hero and being the the, the guy who saves the day. But I have played a lot of villains too. So, <laughs> you had a question. Oh yes. Uh, you work on Robotech, you said. Yes. Your first role. Yes. Oh, here you go. I have to. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 
I wasn't working with Tony Oliver. I, I love Tony. Tony's great, and and uh, I gave Tony the part of Lupin. I cast him in in the role. Uh, I directed the Red Jacket series, and I wanted Tony originally for the for the part. And it was kind of funny. The producers did not want him at all. They kept saying we got to replace him, and I said, okay. No, he's perfect. And I kept going back and forth with him, and they kept bringing him in. They would have him do it this way. They'd have him do it that way. He did it like you know, 10 different ways. I said, just let him do what he, you know, let him do his thing. I said, he's perfect for this part. And uh, they finally, they finally let me have my way because uh, I'm much bigger than them. And uh, uh, I'm so glad it worked out because I can't imagine anybody else doing that part. I put that whole cast together. And the funny thing is I was not going to play Jigen. I, I wanted to hire, we brought in like 200 actors to audition for that part and the producers didn't like any of them so one day we were just sitting around going what are we going to do we can't find Jigen and the producer said Richard you go in the booth you try it so I went in and I read a few lines they said we found our Jigen and at first I didn't want to at first because I'm directing it I didn't want to do you know direct it and do the part and the, but I'm so glad it worked out that way because he's one of my favorite characters and I just love playing Jigen and so uh, Tony and I are still to this very day, we're doing loop on stuff right and left. It's crazy. And uh, the, uh, the people at TMS was, was telling me that, you know, our cast is more popular than the original cast. So, <laughs> so that's uh, pretty cool. And uh, like I say, we've been doing this a long time now, 20 some years, and, uh, and we just love it. Uh, it's a crazy business. You know, uh, when I did the Red Jacket series, we did it and I said, I love this series. I hope I get to do more of this. And then later the Blue Jacket series came along and it was just total coincidence or happenstance that I, they called me to direct that. And I said, you, you do realize I directed the first series. They said, no, we didn't realize that. I said, well, I have a, I have a cast that I use. Can I bring back the cast? And so they had to check with the client. The client made us all re-audition for our roles. But thankfully, they, we passed the test. We all sounded like we did before, so they, they cast us. And now, now they don't want to do the show without us. So that's, it's kind of interesting how things happen. But, you know, it's a crazy business. What can I say? Yeah. I did some voiceover workshop um, class with um, Tony Oliver also. I'm so sorry. So how did you get the training and experience to become an actor? And do you have any voiceover workshop classes? Um, you know, my advice to anyone who wants to do this work is just become the best actor you can be. And, uh, and also read out loud every day, because as I said before, you don't always get a chance to see the script. So if you can read out loud and just be really proficient in that skill, you can go in and, and sound good. If you go in and then you're like, you know, muffing the lines and everything, you know, they're not going to hire you. Um, I do have a workshop every every blue moon. I'll do a, a workshop for Strawberry Hill Music. I haven't been doing one for a while because I've just been so insanely busy, and it takes a lot of energy to do these classes. Tony does them all the time. I don't know how he does it. I would jump off a cliff to tell you the truth. <laughs> but uh, um, I do them. I do them once in a while when I can, and uh, and I and I, I think uh, I think uh, people really appreciate it. Uh, when I do do these classes, but it's it's very difficult for me to do them. So you just have to keep kind of watching my. Uh, I'll I'll promote it on my my pages. Please follow me on Instagram, 
And I will always promote uh, things I'm doing, like these conventions. I'll always say where I'm going to be and if I'm doing a, a workshop and that sort of thing. So, uh, uh, you know, yeah, I would, uh, I would strongly advise someone who doesn't really have uh, the, uh, the chops to, to take some classes like that and to do that sort of thing. I think it's really helpful. Yeah, I started like a year ago when I, did a, when I interviewed Steve Bloom because I'm doing that Bloombox Studios now. Yeah. Yeah, no, Steve does a lot of them, too. I know he does. Of course, now he's in Hawaii twiddling his thumbs, so he's got all kinds of time, so he, <laughs> he can do whatever the hell he wants. But he's a great guy, Steve. And he's a guy, interestingly enough, he's really had no training at all. So he's just a natural talent. And, uh, and there are people that are natural talents. You know, there's a lot of uh, big stars that have never really studied or had acting lessons. And that's not to say that that's necessarily the way to go. But, uh, you know, I think it's helpful for everyone to have some training and some, you know. It's the improv, too. Huh? Improv also. Improv's helpful and to have some, uh, you know, just to... I always, I always uh, uh, liken a lot of this stuff more to stage acting than to film acting because it's a little more, a little bigger than life. A lot of this stuff, particularly the games, they're just a little bigger than life. It's not, it's not like film acting that's very natural and very real. And sometimes they want that kind of performance, so you have to be able to do that as well. Some actors can't do that. Some actors can do the, the natural but can't do the over-the-top stuff. And some actors can do only the over-the-top stuff and can't do the natural stuff. So I think the more versatile you are, the more sellable you'll be and the, the more you'll work. You know, it's just kind of the, the way. So you, I think you just try to be more versatile. I was trained in the stage originally. And then I did uh, a lot of film acting, so uh, I've got kind of both of those worlds, and uh, and a lot of you know voice acting, obviously. So I, you know, I think you know anything anything you can do to make yourself a a good actor, a better actor, is is what you need to do. Yeah. Yes. You mentioned um, voice acting in Call of Duty. Do you play any of the games you voice acted? Any <laughs> of the shows that you want that you've acted in casually? And if so, is it weird? Does it ruin the show for you? No, uh, I'm a terrible gamer. I suck <laughs> at it. I'm really bad at it. I, I did a I did a thing called War for Cybertron, and I played Skywarp in that. And uh, the studio had a we had a like a big rap party at the end of the game, and they had these giant screens and they had controllers and you could and I was playing my character, which was kind of fun. I don't know if you guys know that game or not, but in the in that game you get an assignment. You're in a, like a cave and you get an assignment and you got to go out of the cave and do your assignment. Well, it took me like an hour and a half just to get out of the cave. So, you know, <laughs> I said, oh, my God, I suck at this thing. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not a great gamer, to tell you the truth. I'm a much better actor than I'm a gamer. What's funny is that I've talked to a few other Overwatch voice actors as well, yeah. and they said the same thing. Yeah. It's, it's becoming a common theme at this point. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, and I honestly don't have a lot of time to play games, too. I know there's, I see these guys that got these, these rooms with, like, stacks of this, of these games. And each game is, like, like 400 hours of play time. And I'm going, oh, my God, what, what do you have time to do anything else? It's just, it's crazy. But thank God for those guys. They keep us in business. So, you know, it's a beautiful thing. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I'm not very good at it. My, you know, my idea of, of, Playing a game is the old uh, Nintendo uh, uh, GoldenEye game, so you know that's that's the that's the uh, the skill set that I have as far as being a gamer. You know? 
I like the old arcade games. You know, listen, I'm old school. I like uh, I like pinball machines and that kind of stuff. That's kind of fun for me. But uh, yeah, I, I'm just some of these new games are just so they're so tough. You know, they're really tough, and you got to really know what you're doing. You know, so uh, we had. Uh, <laughs> it was kind of embarrassing. They had me at one convention, and I, they had uh, some guy who was like the champion, of, you know, and they had had him play against me and I, as Raiden in, in Mortal Kombat. Oh, my God, he just destroyed me, and it was, like, embarrassing. I'm going, oh, I'm Raiden. Oh, God, I look terrible. You know, it was, it was terrible. So, yeah, I'm not, I'm not great at the games. Yes? Uh, what was the process like acquiring work and getting roles when you were newer to the industry, and what does it look like now? Uh, let me make sure I understand the question. What was it like when I was first starting out? Yeah, and then like what? And what is it like? The difference in what it is? Um, well, I I think the real difference is uh, is uh, technical. I think you know when I was first starting out, they didn't have beeps. I don't know if you guys know what beeps are. Beeps are they beep you up to the line where the where the mouth starts to open, so they'll beep you or they'll. You know, they'll, you get these three beeps, and then the imaginary fourth beep, you start talking. So they didn't have that. So what you had to do is you had to look at the, the actual time code on the film and try to grab it as it happened. And that, that was, it's a lot tougher than it is today. Um, the other thing is they didn't have Pro Tools. Now, with Pro Tools, they can move the line around, they can compress it, they can expand it, they can do all kinds of wonderful things with it. They didn't have that, so you had to really, it had to be perfect, or they couldn't move on. So um, it was, a, you know, those, those two things, I think, have improved the business tremendously, and they've made it a lot easier for, uh, for people to do this work. Um, the other thing is uh, that makes it a little easier for me now is that I'm a lot more well-known than I was when I was starting out. So it, you know, people know that if they're going to hire me, they're what they're going to get. And when you're starting out, people don't know you, and you have to kind of establish yourself and make a name for yourself and, and that sort of thing. And that's not always easy to do. Uh, as I said before, I've done over 1,200 roles, and I can count on one hand the times I've been cast without an audition. So that's kind of crazy. And one of those times was when I got cast as Ansem in Kingdom Hearts. Because the first Ansem was Billy Zane, if you guys remember, and then for whatever reason, he didn't come back. So what happened was the Japanese clients asked Disney, who does the voice of Bateau? Because the guy who does Ansem in Japan does the voice of Bateau in Ghost in the Shell. So they said, Richard Epcar does the voice of Bateau in Ghost in the Shell, so they basically just cast me and did it, which was great. And I'll tell you a quick funny story about that. So I go in for Kingdom Hearts 2 as Ansem. And I go in the booth, and they're recording me, and I do one line, and there's six Japanese uh, producers in the booth, and there's six Disney producers in the booth. And every time I do a line, the engineer comes on the talk back and says, just a minute. And then they all talk amongst themselves for like five minutes and come back and say, can you do that a little faster? <laughs> so I do it a little faster. And then the engineer comes back on and says, just a minute. And they're talking amongst themselves for five minutes. And they come back and say, can you do that a little slower? So this went on all day long. And I was ready to jump off a cliff. And uh, so finally, there was a break. And I grabbed the engineer. I said, how did Christopher Lee put up with this? He said, they did it to him once. And he said, all right. 
I'm going to tell you how we're going to do this. I'm going to read this script from the top to the bottom, and then I'm going home. And I thought, how cool is that? It was Christopher Lee, after all. You know, it was kind of funny. And then I had seen a documentary on him uh, a week after that with, uh, it was, uh, what's his name, who did Lord of the Rings? What's his name? Uh, Peter Jackson. Peter Jackson, and I think it was Spielberg. I want to say Spielberg. They were talking about Christopher Lee. They go, we love Christopher Lee, but he'll only do like one or two takes and then he'll go back to his trailer. So I had to laugh because, you know, the same thing happened in this game. But, uh, you know, now I've done like eight of them, so they leave me alone. But, uh, you know, I was just, I was coming in for the first time. It was, it was kind of funny the way they were doing that. That was unusual. But that, as I said, that was like one of the one times that they cast me without, uh, without an audition. So even at this stage of my career, I still have to audition for everything. It's kind of crazy, but yeah. yes. What does a typical audition look like for voice acting? Um, well, usually you'll get, uh, you'll get an audition from your agent and your agent will send you uh, the sides of the, of the script. They'll just give you a little piece of the script and you, you do that piece and then you send it back to them. And then they, the casting directors and the directors and producers, they listen to all this stuff. And uh, I mean, that, that's another difference between what happened before and what happens now. When I was starting out, you'd get maybe 20 to 30 people for a role, maybe. Now it's like 500 to 2,000 people a role because everybody who's got a booth all over the world is now auditioning for the same stuff. So it's, it's made it really insane, to be honest with you. And I'm just really grateful I got in early and now I have a name, thank God. But uh, yeah, it's tough. It's really tough for the people trying to start out now. It's not impossible, you can do it. And uh, I know a lot of people have come out from other places and have done very, very well. Uh, so I wouldn't wanna, you know, you know, deter anyone from doing that, but uh, it's a, it's very it's a very competitive business. It really is. Yeah, you had a question. Uh, it lost my mind as soon as it came in. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, if it comes back, you can let me know. Any other questions? My wife just walked in. Hello. <laughs> Who's minding the store, honey? You put gone fishing sign up. <laughs> Do you have this after me? Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. So how does it feel to be back in Bleach after such a long break? It feels great. I, yeah. I was, yeah, I was thrilled to be back. And once again, as I said, there's not a lot of loyalty in this business. So <laughs> you never know if you're going to be back or not, you know. So uh, I'm always very pleased and happy when they bring me back. They also brought Ellen back. She was in the original Bleach as well. So they brought us, the two of us back. And uh, so we're, we're both very happy to be back in the show. Well, I know yeah. the fans are too. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that, yeah. You know, I think that the companies, if they would realize that the, that the fans, you know, really enjoy that continuity, they would continue doing that. But, they, you know, what happens is you get somebody in a position of power and they go, I want to do my own cast. And then they just throw everybody away and they try to do their own cast and it usually sucks. But uh, not that I'm bitter or anything, but <laughs> yes. My favorite anime? Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, God, I don't know. I do, I do love uh, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. I really do. Uh, I, you know, I work on, I work on a lot of these shows, and I don't really have the time to watch them. 
but there was something so interesting about JoJo's Bizarre Adventure that the way they would paint the characters into a corner every episode, and you're going, how are they going to get out of this? It's impossible. And they would somehow get out of it every show. And I just thought, that's just such great writing. You know, it really is. It was it's just great writing. And uh, I loved it. I loved all the the crazy... They just had the thing on his arm, and he was battling the thing. It was disgusting. And some of that stuff made you want to vomit. But it was... Uh, <laughs> It was it was really engaging, you know, and uh, and I that was one of the few shows that I actually watched the way all the way through. Now, and of course, Loop on the Third, I know that show inside and out because I write it, direct it, act in it. Um, so uh, that's something that's uh, very near and dear to my heart, and I and I love that show as well. I love those characters. Yeah. Uh, speaking of, uh, just Gilson, uh, one of my favorite episodes with him and. Stardust Crusaders. Yeah. Uh, when he was with Athol battling uh, episode 30 and 31, that's Fastest Mariah. Some, uh, what, what was, was that when they were uh, magnetized to each yeah, other? Yes. Magnetized together and then. That was hilarious. <laughs> that was a hilarious episode and I, I, it was brilliant. It was just brilliant. You know, I love that episode. It was really funny. It was very funny. <laughs> the what the baby the invisible baby oh my god Yeesh. how do you how do you clean an invisible baby I, think I don't know that makes it yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that was the one when uh, the next series right that was on the diamond is unbreakable mm -hmm. uh, so yeah that's um, uh, that's where you were uh, I was a doddering old fool yeah and then um, uh, his son was played by him, uh, Billy Comet. Yes. Yeah, that was Josuke uh, uh, Higashida. So I'm, uh, I, and uh, you haven't worked with him before? Uh, with with Billy uh, or uh, Billy Commence? Yes. Um, I don't think I have worked with Billy. Uh, and uh, as we mentioned earlier, it was really sad what happened to him. Uh, you know, he was. I know he was a very talented young guy and. Uh, he uh, passed away so young. It was very sad and and uh, it was horrible. But uh, I didn't I didn't really know him. Uh, I know we we probably worked in the same some of the same shows together at some point. But uh, I didn't really get a chance to work with him uh, in person. But uh, you know I I've always heard really nice things about him and uh, you know I was very s uh, sorry to hear about his passing and. You know, it's uh, it's sad. You know, there's a lot of us are going by the wayside these days. You know, it's kind of sad. But uh, yeah, yes. Um, how has COVID nineteen changed um, voice acting for you? How is COVID nineteen? Sorry. How's conventions changed? COVID nineteen. Oh, COVID! I thought you yeah. said how did conventions change? <laughs> We love conventions and we get to see the fans and they generally know more about this stuff than we do. So it's, it's great. Uh, COVID was uh, uh, weird to say the least. And uh, it was the end of conventions for a couple of years. And um, my wife was brilliant and she said, we're getting a booth. So we got a booth and we put a booth in our house and we continued working. We continued directing. Uh, she was directing a bunch of stuff for Netflix and Disney and uh, at the house and and I was directing some stuff, and I also was voicing a lot of stuff, and she was voicing stuff. So we uh, we continued working right through COVID. So it really it didn't affect us 
as much as I know a lot of people lost their jobs and were laid off and all that stuff, which is terrible. But, you know, I just think about all these people that told me, don't become an actor. It's un unsteady and you never know. And all that. in the meantime, we're the only ones working and everyone else is out of jobs. So, I, you know, you never know. That's why you can't listen to anybody. You got to kind of follow your heart and do what you want to do. And, uh, you know, I feel like we all have uh, one shot at this deal and we should do something that we enjoy and makes us happy because... You know, there's people that go into lines of uh, business that, that are horrible and they hate it and they're miserable, but they think they're going to do it to make a living. And a lot, some of those people were laid off when the economy went bad. They're laid off and, you know, you might as well do something you enjoy because at least you'll, you'll have fun doing it. And I think you should have fun in your life and enjoy your life. You know, life's too short. You got to enjoy it. Yes. We saw a recent YouTube interview of you by leveling up banks with this pro wrestler, Benjamin Banks. Mm -hmm. You mentioned how you started out by moving out to Hollywood. Was that scary? Did you have a plan? Can I quit my job and do that? <laughs> well, uh, I knew that I was going to be an actor. So, uh, I mean, you have to make that decision. Was it scary? Yeah, I, I literally, I, I had $300 in my pocket. I sold my drum set and got 300 bucks and that's what I had in my pocket when I came to Los Angeles. So was it scary? Yes. Could you do that today? I don't think so. I don't think so, unless you have to put an, another zero or two behind that $300. Um, but, uh, you know, thankfully it worked out. And honestly, and I, I'm, I'm very cautious to say this, but honestly, the, the day I said I'm not going to do anything else except for act is when my career started happening. And there's so many actors in L.A. that work as waiters and do other jobs. And listen, everybody's got to pay the bills. But it was that leap of faith for me that made it so that I could do this professionally and not have to do anything else and not look back. And... Uh, and my wife getting me into this business, this crazy business. I have to blame her for getting me into the voice business. Um, but yeah, if uh, if that if those things hadn't happened, I, I you know who knows what the hell would have happened. But uh, when I made that decision to just not do any of those other jobs and just I'm just going to do this, sink or swim, and, and it worked. So I can't advise you to do that because. It worked for me. I don't know if it'll work for you. You know what I mean? Um, but uh, I think that uh, I think when you make that that determination in your mind that that's what you're going to do, I think that you know things open up for you. You know, but that that's what that's what happened for me. So I you know once again I can't I can't advise anybody to do that because they may be you know living in a tent down by the river. So, you know, by the end, of, so I don't know. Well, we have YouTube. <laughs> yes. So any other questions? Yes. Um, do you have any opinions on like celebrity voice actors kind of taking over the voice acting business for these Those new bastards. <laughs> animation movies that already have like traditional voice actors? And like, how would you feel if like somebody if a celebrity took over your voice acting roles in like Mortal Kombat or... Um, they better not. <laughs> um, you know, it happens. And, and, you know, a lot of producers want marquee names on these things, which is, 
honestly, it's kind of ridiculous because, um, particularly like in you know uh, uh, some of these uh, these uh, animated movies that are for kids, it's like the kids don't know who these people are, or do they care? You know, so I think you get a good actor who does that character, does the part. It doesn't matter that it's a big movie star who's doing it. Um, I don't have a problem with them doing it as long as they do a good job. Um, some of them are not so great, quite frankly. Like we were talking about earlier, this is not really their their forte. Uh, but if somebody can get in, come in and do a good job, why not? You know, I mean, Robin Williams was a phenomenal uh, actor, voice actor. He did it. He did it all. And there's a, there's a few people like that who are just incredible and really good at what they do. Um, you know, I I just think it's it's weird. I, if it's if you're an established like the Mario Brothers thing, for example, you know if you're if you're an established uh, voice of that character, I think the fans want to hear that voice. And it's like uh, what was the other thing that just happened? Oh, with uh, the Transformers. I mean, they wanted to replace Peter Cullen as Optimus Prime. It's like, no, no, he is Optimus Prime. Don't do that. That sucks. So um, I just. I think the fans really appreciate that, and they put him through hell to get that part. They made him, you know, and the, you know, Michael Bay was going, "I don't want a voice actor. I want a real actor." Well, we are real actors, you know, we are real actors, and uh, honestly, he, as far as I'm concerned, he was the best thing in those movies. So, uh, it's funny. I, uh, we were, Ellen and I did a convention with uh, Peter Cullen in, uh, in uh, uh, Sack Anime, I think it was. And uh, I said to him, I'm so glad that they cast you in that movie. He said, you're glad. You know, it's like, <laughs> but that's the thing, you know, they could have gotten some, uh, you know, let's have Brad Pitt do Optimus Prime or, you know, I mean, it's like, what? You know, because he's a, he's a big star, you know, and that's the other thing that drives me nuts. It's like, they don't even care if they're even in the ballpark for the, it's like Chris Pratt as Mario. I'm sorry. What the hell were they thinking? You know, but it's like, he's got, he's got a marquee value on his name. So they put him in there and it's. It's like, I don't mind if you put the guy in there, but at least have them, you know, be the character, you know? So anyway, I don't know. It kind of sucks, but, you know, what are you going to do? It's it's show business, you know? So, yes? Um, what would you consider your greatest achievement? My greatest achievement was marrying my wife and having two beautiful children. Good answer. That was my, <laughs> the correct answer. That was the my greatest answer. achievement. That was the right answer. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's been uh, it's been great. We've uh, we've been very very fortunate, and we we live a really good life, and we travel all over the world, and it's been it's been wonderful. So I can't complain. We're very very fortunate and lucky. So it's a good thing. Awesome. Thank you. Anything else, or yes? What? Yes. Um... I just heard that uh, you did some ADR directing with the Deadpool movies. Uh, I was—I uh, actually did the voices in them. I did a lot of the, uh, you know, getting back to celebrities. They—they they kind of suck at this stuff. So <laughs> the celebrities couldn't do the uh, efforts. You know, the efforts when you're fighting, <coughs> you get hit. <coughs> you know that kind of stuff. They couldn't do that stuff. So they brought me in to do the stuff for them. So I—I uh, I did uh, the first one. I was uh, Colossus. I did all the efforts for them. For him, and then the other one, I was a juggernaut. I did all the the efforts and and uh, reactions for for him. So I do a lot of that stuff. I, I did uh, uh, Planet of the Apes. I did the big the big giant ape. Uh, 
in that movie. And uh, I did, uh, uh, got a bunch of them. What was the, uh, uh, it's just too many things to remember. Uh, I've done a lot of these, uh, these big main uh, movies where I've gone in and done, done voice work on them. And uh, it's fun. As a matter of fact, uh, at the end of Tar, uh, if you guys have seen Tar, that's my voice at the end of the Tars. They took a piece of my dialogue from uh, Monster Hunter, where I played the Admiral, and they put that in the movie. Mm. So, uh, yeah, I do a lot of that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. Okay, uh, sure, let's do a lightning round. <laughs> okay. Do I win a car at the end? <laughs> okay. So, um, who deserves a spin-off anime series or game? Raiden, Jigen, or Akuma? Oh, that's, that's rough. Well, I'd say Raiden. And then the last one. Um, um, best Joker, Cesar Romero, Jack Nicholson, Jared Leto, Joaquin Phoenix, Heath Ledger, Mark Hamill, or you, Richard Epcar? <laughs> Let me think about this for a second. Richard Epcar. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, last one? Uh, should uh, Joseph Joestar get a cooler stand, like Star Platinum? Okay. Or is... You know, the thing that, that broke my heart about that whole thing was, um, you know, I'm, I'm doing Lupin the Third now for 20, 30 years now. And they stay the same age, which I love. They're just the same. In, in, in this Jojo's Bizarre Adventure, every season they, they age 30 years. It's like, why? Why are they doing that? Because the, fir the first one I did, he was, I loved Joseph Joestar. He was such a great character. He was just like so full of life and just, you know, he would just, you know, tackle anything, you know? And then, and then the next episode, he's like, he's a doddering old fool, you know, drooling and, you know, he's, it's, I just didn't understand it. I, I, it, it, it was sad to me to play him so diminished, you know, this, this, it's like having, playing Superman and then having him just be this like, you know, doddering old guy in the corner, you know, I just, I, I just hated it. I didn't like doing that. But, but uh, the baby. yeah, with the, the invisible baby. <laughs> Having that, no context for Joe's for, for Jojo's Bizarre Adventure makes this very interesting. It's great. You haven't seen it? You've never seen no, it? Oh, I, you I should watched, watch it. It's really great. I watched probably the first few episodes and yeah. I got caught up in other things. Yeah. But it's, yes, it's really great. great. Particularly that one episode when they get stuck together. It's that <laughs> oh my god, that is the one of the funniest things I've ever seen anywhere in anime, but in any anything I've ever seen. It's just hilarious. All right. Was that the lightning round? That was it? Yes. All right. All within the last one was Charles Martinet or Chris Pratt for Mario. That's the last one. Charles. <laughs> anyway, thank you guys very much. I hope I answered your questions. Thank you. Take care. Nice. Please, please follow me on Instagram. Okay. All right. Awesome. Thank you guys.